Good evening, everybody. So this is a late night episode coming to you from terrible California. <laughs> if you know me, you'll know that's true. Uh, but it is about 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Basically, what had happened was I recorded an episode earlier today, this morning, and then I went to post the episode and something happened to my computer. Uh, not my computer per se, but the website that I use to broadcast my uh, podcast, which is Anchor. For those of you who don't use Anchor or don't aware or not aware of it or whatever, um, it's pretty great. I haven't had any problems with it. Jeez, sorry. Um, but uh, it crashed in the middle of me making an episode. So, or not the middle of it. Literally, I was about to post it and it crashed. Anyway, so now I have to do the whole episode over again. And for those of you who don't know, most of my episodes are not scripted. Sometimes I write things down and then I go off of what I write or I have uh, websites pulled up where I pull information off of. Sometimes I write stuff and it helps everything flow better. So actually, this gave me better time to actually prepare for this episode. So here it goes. So if you don't know, um, basically, I'm sure you're well aware by now if you were up to date in the NFL world. But if you are not, Melvin Gordon apparently reportedly turned down a deal that would have given him $10 million a year. Uh, I read an article in the uh, Monday Morning Quarterback while I was at work today that stated that it would be foolish to sign a deal before you go to free agency. This is talking about for any player. Uh, and that is when you get the most money. Obviously, that is true, right? When you go to free agency, that's your time to cash in. And everyone would know that. And uh, basically what they do is they they cite that, um, you know, the newest deal to be, to be you know, um, established was the Michael Thomas deal where, you know, he reportedly got like almost $100 million. It was reported $100 million, and then it actually wasn't $100 million. It was more like $94 million and change. But basically, as that was, as that was found out that that deal was what it was, uh, it turns out that really it's a six-year deal, and most of the money's up front and not in the back end of the deal. And it would have behooved him if he would have just waited because he's only one year away from going to free agency. But the way his current his uh, contract was set up was that he was only going to get money. He's only going to get about a million dollars on his current deal if he didn't sign the deal that he signed. Uh, and now he's obviously set to make. 94 million and change and there's like uh i think it was like 50 or 40 some million guaranteed a lot of money guaranteed and and i understand that and everyone understands that but basically the article was saying if you have the opportunity to go to free agency do it because it it, it would you know it's beneficial for you the player and that's where i i draw of the line i say no it is not beneficial for you the player it would be beneficial for michael thomas because he wouldn't have got locked up for six years with the same team. He would have been able to get a smaller deer worth more money for a team, either either one, the Saints, or two, somebody else who's willing to outbuild bid the Saints. So and, and everyone could have said, well, there's a possibility he could have been franchise tag, yada, yada, yada. And and that's, you know, the way the CBA is designed right now, yes, that is a possibility. But there's a possibility that wouldn't have happened. And, you know. Whatever, because Alvin Kamara is up too as well. So this is other things, you know, I mean, he's not up for a deal per se right now, but the way this running back fiasco is going, he's going to want money. So that brings me into why I'm actually talking 
about this whole Monday morning quarterback uh, articles because they started talking about um, they can started comparing the holdouts of Gordon Elliott to that of Michael Thomas. And like I said, that is idiotic to do because the value at that position is immensely different, like totally, completely different. The value of a running back compared to that of a, of a high market wide receiver, such as Michael Thomas, who led the league in receptions. He was, you know, in the top 10 for yards, yada, yada, yada. He's Drew Brees' main man right now. And I think it was Andy, uh, Andy Benoid, who's writes for the uh, Monday Money Quarterback on Sports Illustrated. And uh, he explained that Michael Thomas, like I said, he should have he should have waited to go to free agency because he could have gotten the most money. And then he encouraged Zeke, Zeke and Gordon to do the same. But unfortunately, his advice is ill-advised. Zeke is two years away from free agency, so this doesn't really even apply to him. And Melvin Gordon is going to be a free agent come March of 2020. But right now, he's in his fifth-year option, which obviously the Chargers picked up. So maybe in 2021, things would be different because that's when the CBA would have maybe changed. Maybe there is no such thing as a franchise tag. Maybe the contract under the rookie wage scale is different because if you don't know, okay, if you are a rook, if you are a rookie who was drafted in the first round, your contracts are set up as a four-year deal with a fifth-year option. That's only first-round deals. No other rookie drafted in any other round gets a fifth-year option. Only first-rounders get it. So both Zeke and Gordon were both taken in the first round. Gordon was taken a year before Zeke in 2015. And then Zeke obviously taken in 2016. So that's why Zeke has two years left on his deal, and that's why Gordon is on his fifth-year option currently right now. So, which the Chargers obviously, you know, exercise, because why would they not? It, it is dumb for them not to exercise Gordon's fifth-year option. And, you know, that, that's just the way it works. So people who complain and say, well, this isn't fair for them, or it's not fair then they have to go bring that up with the CBA. And like I said, that's under dispute for 2020 into 2021, and we'll see what happens with that. And that's a whole different argument. But it, but honestly, Gordon has less leverage than Zeke, in my opinion, just based on everything that you're gonna, you're gonna, you want to lay out, right? So you have a guy, Austin Eckler, who's the backup running back, to Melvin Gordon in L.A. He averaged 5.23 yards per carry on 106 attempts. Melvin Gordon averaged 5.06 yards per carry on 175 attempts. So the difference really isn't that much, compared, comparatively speaking, to the two of them. Right? And on top of that, the Chargers went 4-0 and when Gordon sat out with an injury this season. So Gordon is coming to the table here with almost no leverage. He has a competent backup. He has that record of saying, well, they won games when you weren't here. And he's requesting a trade, and he started the contract negotiations in July. 
Well, he should have done that in March. He should have started this whole conversation when the league year opened and said, listen, if I don't get a new deal come before training camp, I'm not showing up and and and, and, and I'm going to make a stink. Because right now, teams have already used their offseason money by signing free agents, by trading for players, yada, yada, yada. Now they're all locked up. Teams are locked up and it just isn't going to work. He's requesting a trade and it just isn't going to happen. If he doesn't show up, he can lose up to $1.4 million before he even plays a game in the regular season. He's set to make $5.4 million throughout the season, but obviously if he doesn't play any of the season, he doesn't get a dime, right? We saw Le'Veon Bell walk away from $14.5 million Right, five point four million isn't that much, but what are you going to willingly bet on yourself in free agency when you've seen the market for running back? You've seen what happens to running backs, right? Mel, um, Le'Veon Bell didn't get what he thought he would get in the free market. He had to take the best offer, which was the Jets, who overpaid, in my opinion. And the reason that the Jets were were you know able to overpay for Le'Veon Bell was because they have a rookie quarterback. But once they got to pay Sam Darnold, that's over. They're going to cut ties with Le'Veon Bell. They just can't pay him what they think he's going to be worth, and I wouldn't pay him at that point anyway. This is going to be years down the line. But honestly, when the league has has running backs and the running back market, that where it is now, because running backs are just a dime a dozen, I don't care what anybody sells. You can listen to my other podcasts that I've had on this program. I've said this for for months, that running backs are not worth what they're worth, that the uh, the Rams overpaid for Todd Gurley. If you were to give them truth serum and say, hey, did you guys overpay for Todd Gurley? They would say yes, and it's true. And like I said, he went about this at the worst possible time. He should have done this in March. When other teams have money to spend, and now they don't, and now there's only two teams that in the NFL with the cap space and the slight need at running back for for even the option for a trade, which would be the Colts and the Texans, both of which are not going to trade for him. Okay, they just aren't. The Colts, they're they're going about it a certain way. All right, Ballard has his general managing fingers all over the team. He doesn't want to overpay at a position. He just isn't. He's not going to overpay for running back. He's smart. He understands where he can get running back, and he traded back all those picks for this year for second-rounders, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does the same thing next year, and they go after a running back. And the Texans, they cut their second-string guy, and they just say they want another guy to back up Lamar Miller, and they're not going to overpay at that position. They just aren't. They need to start bankrolling money because they're going to have to pay Deshaun Watson. And they're not going to carry a running back who dictates more than maybe 15 or so million dollars on the cap. And they're going to have to pay not only him, but you don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to want some money? Yeah, you you better believe he's going to want his because guess who just got paid and is the highest paid wide receiver in the league? Yes, Michael Thomas. And then Julio Jones is in contract negotiations. So he's going to be the highest paid uh, wide receiver in the league. So obviously it's all going to trickle down and it's all going to make sense in the end, but they're just not going to overpay for a position where it just doesn't make sense to do so. 
and I've quoted a hundred things, a thousand different ways of teams that just tell you that the analytics and everything else doesn't add up and just isn't smart to overpay at that position. It just isn't. It's it's not worth it. Now, what I am tired of hearing and what I am tired of seeing is in the media you'll have you'll see or hear a bunch of players who used to play in the league that say on Twitter or in the media or yada yada that people should be siding with players when it comes to contract negotiations and not taking the side of the ownership. Well, I have news for you, old players who are in the media. We don't think like you because we've never been players in the league. I take the side of the logo every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I don't care about the individual player. I want them to get paid. I'm 100% on board for players getting paid when they're supposed to get paid, i.e., at the end of their contract or whenever the team decides they want to restructure them or in free agency. Those are your options. Get paid when you're supposed to get paid. Don't complain when you're under contract because as a fan, we don't root for individual players. Now, that's a loose term. Most people would argue that some people do root for individual players. And I would say in the fantasy era of football, like the fantasy football lifestyle or fan base that is obsessed with fantasy football, and some people are more obsessed with fantasy football than they are with actual football teams. And I would say that that is just terrible. I think it's ruining the sport. I think it's giving players this feel that they're worth more individually than they are as a member of a team, which I think is ruining the sport. You can see it with Antonio Brown. You can see it with a lot of other players who care more about stats. They care more about how uh, their fantasy uh, stock is trending and their brand and everything else more than they care about winning. Okay, at the end of the day, I don't care if you got drafted first in fantasy. I don't care if you got 1,500 yards receiving and you caught 150 balls. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is, is my team in the playoffs? Is my team winning championships? And if the answer to those two questions is no, then I don't care about individuals. I don't care. I don't care about your money because you haven't done anything for me, a fan, and me, a fan of the logo. I don't care about individuals. And this is where you'll hear, I was just listening to sports radio last night, and I heard a former player in the league talk about how he can't stand when fans don't take the side of the players because if they were in their shoes, like as in if I am working for a company and my boss says I'm going to give you a raise and I say I don't like the raise, I want to make more money, you would take every opportunity to make more money. Yes, which is true. But in the fantasy realm of me as a fan saying I'm taking my mental image of what I believe is me running the team, right? Because that's what everyone who's a fan of a franchise says. If What would I do if I was general manager, right? What is the best move for me as the, as the owner or general manager of this team? Because that's what we all do as fans. We want what is best for the team. We do not care about individual players. 
besides one position, one position only, and that is the quarterback position, which is why the quarterback position is always paid on time regardless of whatever happens. You can look around the league. If you have a franchise quarterback, that quarterback is paid highly and on time. He's never, no one is ever given the shit end of the stick. Everybody deserves what they get if they are a franchise quarterback. And, and the proof's in the pudding. Go look at all the deals that have been established this year and past seasons, whatever. They extend players so they never hit free agency so that they can help their team win because quarterback is the most important position in the NFL. Hands down, I, 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 don't, I don't even know if there, there isn't even any argument to that. It is. It is the most important position in the NFL. So that being said, as a fan, I root and I want the logo to succeed. I do not care about anybody's players' individual performances unless what their performance did on the field helps the logo win games. So when I hear ex-players talk about how fans need to understand and root for players to get as much money as possible, I say, no, you're 100% wrong. I root for players to get paid. I'm not looking here and saying I don't want players to ever make money. That's not true at all. I want players to make money when they are supposed to make money. But when they're not supposed to make money, i.e. when they signed a contract and they are supposed to uphold the contract, then, and that being said, then at the end of their contract and when they go to free agency, make as much money as you want or whoever's willing to pay you whatever you think you're worth. Like my father always said, there's an ass for every seat and somebody's going to be willing to overpay for you because they just will if you're that talented of a player. We watched it with the Jets. The Jets overpaid for Le'Veon Bell. Okay, we watched it with the Rams. The Rams overpaid for Todd Gurley. And they are reaping what they sowed in that regard. And they will reap what they sowed from that from then on. And I ultimately think that was one of the deciding factors of why they lost that Super Bowl. They overpaid for the running back position, and they were weak at wide receiver. They only had a few after the injuries they had at that position. They would have been wiser to not pay Todd Gurley that money, let him ride out his rookie contract, and have a fifth-year option and then be able to pay wide receivers to add depth to the roster after Cooper Cup got injured. Again, I guarantee you, if you get them troop serum, they will tell you exactly the same thing I'm telling you now. The difference is, now they have learned, and now they are they are reaping what they sowed in that regard. They owe Todd Gurley a heavy amount of guaranteed money that they will never get back, and he's not worth it. He just isn't. You saw what happened. When uh, C.J. Anderson came in and substituted for him in the Super Bowl and in the NFC Championship game, he was perfectly fine running the ball. He did things that most running backs are capable of doing. The running back position is being undermined by players that are willing to play for what the running back position is worth. Overpaying for running backs is a really stupid way to ruin your franchise. And unfortunately, we are in this fantasy football era where people believe that running backs should be valued higher because... In their PPR league, they give them lots of points. That just isn't how it's going to work from now on. I'm, I, I understand that maybe if you as a fantasy football person want to believe that. But it, winning championships in the NFL, the last 20 Super Bowls, okay, have not had a leading rusher in them. They just haven't. It, that's just the way it is. You look at the last 20 Super Bowls in the league right now, they've never had a leading rusher be in those Super Bowls and win those Super Bowls. That's the way the league is trending. It's a passing league, and to overpay for running back is a stupid 
narrative. And I'm I hate to say it, but uh, Melvin Gordon is going into this okay, one extremely limited on on the pool he has in this negotiations. Okay, he has no leverage here, and the the their charges are just aren't going to trade him. They just aren't. They'd rather not play with him. They'd rather him sit out and get a compensatory draft pick because that's what they'll get. They'll get a free draft pick out of it, and it'll be fine. So at the end of the day, I would advise him to do something different. I wish he was getting better knowledge from his agent. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. But when it comes to Zeke, I believe that he ultimately does have more leverage than Melvin Gordon just because they just don't have a Phillip Rivers at quarterback. They have a Dak Prescott at quarterback who at times can be great and at times can be wishy-washy, and he's better when he has a stable run game behind him. I just don't know enough about the backup running back position in Dallas to, to say that not signing Zeke is a good good idea or isn't a bad or is a bad idea. I think ultimately they'll come out unscathed. I think you'll be able to go into the draft and find another running back who's suitable to carry the ball next year. And you can get him in the second, third, or fourth round, and I guarantee you he'll contribute. But again, well, these are things that we're just going to have to watch and see. I don't know. I, I can't tell you. But if I was a betting man and I'm studying analytics, I'm not paying a running back Todd Gurley money. I just, I just, I just am not. I'm not giving a running back any ten million dollars a season is 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 absurd. And the Steelers almost signed Le'Veon Bell if he would have signed to you know twelve or thirteen million dollars a season, and he said no, and that was crazy. I thought they were crazy for even offering that, and he didn't like it. And ultimately, that's what he ended up signing for, basically at the Jets. So I don't know. I I, I just think it's a bad move. I think you're going to get burned for doing what you're doing. If I could tell Gordon to do the right thing, I would say, listen, man. Sit out this year if you don't want to play for the for what your money is and go to free agency or get $5.4 million and go to free agency. Those are your options. I mean, you either don't get $5.4 million, sit out a year, go to free agency, or you get $5.4 million and go to free agency. I mean, those are your options because they're not going to trade you. So I don't know if his, like I said, I don't know if his agent's getting him bad information or what, but that's just what I would do. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Again, we have some more preseason games going forward. Uh, I'm I'm really not going to watch that many. I will watch the Steeler game, obviously, because I am a Steelers fan, and I just want to see how you know the certain position battles and whatnot that you can see shake out in preseason, and and you know a lot of different things can happen when you're there and watching you know just certain position battles. Uh, that's, that's pretty much the only thing preseason is good for. Also sports betting. A lot of people bet on preseason games, which I really don't know how you can read that as most players and coaches don't game plan for preseason. It's kind of like, Hey, this is what we run in practice. Kind of go out there and do it. Uh, again, I think that's probably a really hard bet because you have, third string offensive lineman who can make playing quarterback in out there extremely difficult. So again, if you want to bet, do it. I wouldn't bet on preseason because I just don't know what I'm doing enough to do so. And it's just too wild. But, uh, I guess it's a thing because people do it and people make money. So again, we have that going on. We have obviously the Gordon and Zeke 
holdouts that we'll continue to see. And then um, I think Jacksonville has a holdout as well. It's uh, I think one of their defensive linemen or outside pass rushers is holding out. Again, I don't see that changing at all. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing the one move, which is ignoring it, which is why you don't hear about it. And then the other two, being the Chargers in Dallas, are kind of flirting with a contract negotiation slash not. Like I said, I've laid it all out on the table for you guys. I'd really like to hear what you guys have to say about it. Totally let me know what you think. You can reach me at therantelie at gmail.com. You can hit me up, ask me questions. I will answer anything you guys ask me. We can openly debate topics that you feel or one way versus another way. You can follow me on Instagram at the rant with Eli. You can follow me on Twitter at the rant Eli. Uh, also, I just joined a online forum and I'll be posting some stuff there. Um, it's called, uh, I think, hold on. Let me, let me get this right. I don't want to butcher the people that I just, you know, joined per se, but, it's called Overtime Heroics. You can follow them on Instagram at Overtime Heroics. I'm pretty sure it's like OVR Heroics underscore Heroics. Just look up ov- Overtime Heroics. You can follow them on Twitter or on Instagram, or you can join the forum. Just type in Overtime Heroics on Google. I'm sure you'll find it. Anyway, I'll be posting some stuff there as well, um, and then I'll be posting my podcast information on that website as well as all my other social media accounts. So if you don't follow me on anything else, you can go to that forum and see other people talk about sports. There's like 3,000 people on there who talk about sports. Um, I just joined like literally yesterday. I don't really know much about anything on there. I've kind of just been flirting and uh, fluttering around on there and seeing what's up. Again, I'm going to be posting as much stuff as I can this week because I am going on vacation. I leave for vacation on Thursday night, so I'll be doing an episode Again, tomorrow, and then another one on Thursday, and then maybe one over or a few during um, when I'm on vacation. Uh, Again, that's completely up in the air. It depends on what happens and what I'm doing and who wants to do it. And, 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 of course, the information that breaks because all we have really right now is preseason football to talk about and these other narratives which I've covered at nauseum. So it would really help. If I had people out there who wanted to reach out to me and say, hey, Eli, you should do this, that, or whatever, I'm going to go through and do a whole divisions update because there's been a lot of stuff that's happened, and I want to do it right before the start of the regular season. So I did a few I did a few divisions, and I think most of them will stay the same, but I'm going to go through and do a whole different update when it comes to the divisions and do a whole bunch of division work right before the start of kickoff of the 2019 NFL season. It's hard to judge. Before preseason, I was probably premature on doing some of that stuff. But honestly, what is there to talk about right now? There's not a whole awful lot. And it was just stuff to get the ball rolling, to get the NFL talk going. And I'm going to continue doing all this NFL talk as we go on. So please let me know if you want to hear something specific about your team, about whatever you want. I will physically do it. You, all you have to do is, again, you can email me at therantelie at gmail.com. You can let me know, hey, do this, do that, or whatever. You can follow me on Twitter at the rant Eli. You can follow me on Instagram at the rant with Eli. 
And then you can DM me, whatever you want, tweet at me, whatever, however Twitter works, you know, whatever, social media stuff. And then you let me know what you guys want to do. Again, please continue to share the podcast. I'm up to over four, over 400 total views on all my episodes. So I really appreciate everybody who's been supporting the podcast thus far. And I hope it continues to grow. So please continue to share, whether that be with your family, your friends, your grandma, your grandpa, your dog. It doesn't matter. Just just play it for everyone. And uh, let, pe- let me know what you think about it by reaching out to me on the social media platforms or my email, like I said. So thanks again, guys, for following the podcast. Please reach out to me with, with, that, with anything you want to do, and I promise I will do it for you. So thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys when I see you.